0: So, question for you, how many fingers do you see? One, good, good, good. Because if you saw two, chances are you suffer from diplopia, better known as double vision. Double vision is the simultaneous perception of two images of a single object. And from a human perspective, double vision is a huge hindrance. But from a spiritual perspective, double vision is actually a requirement. Ephesians 6.12, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, what we see, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. See, it turns out as as a follower of Christ, we have to see the natural world, and we have to be able to perceive and discern the spiritual world, that which is seen, that which is unseen. Hence, the topic, double vision. That's the name of the message today is double vision. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you need double vision. Put that in the chat, you're watching online. You need double vision. Truth is, we all need double vision as followers of Christ. And as we get into God's word today, we're going we're to stay in the, uh, the Old Testament. I don't know why God keeps me, keep me in the Old Testament. We'll get to the New Testament. Don't worry. But I'm going to follow God. I trust him a lot more than I trust me, right? And so he said to go to 2 Kings uh, ver- uh, chapter 6, and we're going to look at the servant Elisha. The servant Elisha, or the prophet Elisha's servant, rather, is going to migrate. He's going to transition from single vision to double vision, and it's going to have... Huge implications. 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning in verse 8. Now, the king of Aram, and Aram is ancient Syria, and the king's name was Benadad. So, the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up camp in such and such a place. The man of God, and that is the prophet Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel named Joram. Beware of the passing of that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Awkward. (laughs) Verse 13, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he's in Dothan. Now Dothan is the, um, it's about 12 miles north of the capital city of Samaria, the Israelite capital city of Samaria, about 12 miles north. Verse 14, then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. He went by night and surrounded the city. The servant of the man of God got up and went out the next morning. An army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us, wait for it are more than those who are with them. Okay? Oh, the Bible's not relevant for today. Really. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and on the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha, an angelic army ready to do battle. ha <laughs> And this is normally where everyone stops. But we're not going to stop. There's some more more meat in there we need to unpack today. So, as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness, and Elisha had asked, as Elisha had asked, Elisha told them, This is not the road uh, to the city. Follow me, and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so that they can see the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria. So they're thinking they're, they're done. They're gonna get killed, right? Verse 21, then the king of Israel saw them. He asked Elisha, shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? As if he didn't hear the first time, right? Verse 22, do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? In other words, typically it was reserved, the right to, to decide their fate was reserved for the one who captured them. And so he says, Elisha says, set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them and after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands of Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. Lord, thank you for that truth of your word. God, thank you that we would develop double vision. Help us see your truth today in a real and tangible way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're gonna look at double vision today. Let's look at the benefits of double vision. Number one, double vision gives us access to intel. Have you ever needed some intel in your life? You need, you know, know, God just to drop like a, a, a truth on you or a revelation on you? Well, double vision, when we access the spirit, right, the Holy Spirit, we have access to this intel, Verse 12, Elisha the prophet who was in Israel tells the king the very words you speak in your bedroom. Now, you know how frustrating that would be? I mean, think about that if, if you had a listening device in your bedroom. Mike P, think about that. You know? <laughs> no, I don't think. It, I picked the wrong person for that one. I mean, like if, if, if there was a listening device in my bedroom, you'd hear a whole lot of HGTV. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, just the other night, Gavin, you remember you came in and you said, uh, uh, you, you probably remember this. I just queued up an a, a episode of House Hunters International. All right, there goes my man card. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Don't worry. I was watching football right before it, I promise. But I queued it up and I said, honey, I got an episode of, of, of House Hunters queued up for you. And Gavin walks in. He's like, so that's what I got to look forward to being married, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> he said that awesome yeah that's pretty much it son no that's not it you got a lot more than that to look forward to but but think about how frustrating that would be he's telling the king of israel he's like telling him he's forecasting his his troop movements and so he's getting he's getting frustrated he had access to intel through the spirit you say well what what kind of intel are we talking about first corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 tells us what no eye has seen what no ear has heard what no human mind has conceived the things god has prepared for those who love him that's us These are the things that God has revealed to us, how? By the Spirit. What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive. We have access to that through the Spirit. Kind of useful in times like this, amen? And I'm so proud of our elders because they are great at accessing the intel. In fact, back in what, uh, June of 2019, the elders, we were led to uh, to buy twelve acres of land. You see, on uh, Olive and Reams, we paid uh, five hundred fifty thousand dollars for that. And uh, in t- February of twenty twenty one, we purchased right below it the uh, sixteen acres. Okay, that's connected to it now for two point five million. Now that's a lot of money. Are you sure you should do that? That's a lot of money. So we got three million into both those properties. Those were just appraised together, those two properties together, appraised at $10 million. <laughs> so we got a lot of options, and we're looking at those options. The elders are praying through it. We got people that are calling us wanting to buy the land. Obviously, we're not gonna sell it all because we want enough to, to build our church, right? And so we got a whole lot of great options, but it was because the elders heard some intel. Right? It didn't seem logical. Are oh, you sure you want to buy a share? God knew all along that price, the the land was going to go, and it was going to be an impetus for us to to get this land, right, and to to get this church built sooner than we could have in the natural. But they used, they accessed the intel. Now, some people, if you're honest, are saying, well, you know what? I feel like God's sometimes trying to tell me something, trying to show me something, but I can't see what he's doing. I can't quite see it. And thank you, if that's you, for being honest, if you'd acknowledge that. I think sometimes what happens is we acclimate to the darkness. We acclimate to the darkness. Kind of like a a pirate. You know, pirates, they wear a patch over their eye. And some of you know the reason. It's because they want to have their eye acclimated so that when they go from a bright situation up on the deck down below to the hull of the ship, they just flip the patch up, their eye is already dilated, and they can... See darkness, right? The problem, that's great if you're a pirate, but I don't don't think we have too many pirates. And if you do, don't raise your, if you're a pirate, don't raise your hand. I don't want to know nothing about that and save your recording. Okay, I don't want to, the point is we've acclimated to the darkness. We've desensitized our eyes. We've desensitized our eyes. And I think what God is telling us today is he's telling us to remove the patch. He's telling us to desensitize or resensitize your eyes. Get get them resensitized to what God is speaking. Do you remember when God revealed Nebuchadnezzar's dream to Daniel in a vision in Daniel 2? Well, after he did that, he said this. Daniel said, God reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. And I guess my question today, I know it's getting like super quiet, People are like, oh, man, this is really serious. Like, I'm just going to preach the word God gave me and trust him. We're not trying to fill seats. We're not trying to be a mega church. We're not trying, And nothing against mega church. We love mega churches. I'm just saying, like, we're not trying to, to be politically correct. We're trying to preach the gospel because that's what God's told us to do, okay? And, and so let me, just, let me just say what God's put on my heart. What, what's the hidden things that lie in darkness? What are they? And I'm asking that of myself. But I'm also asking that to you. What, what are those hidden things that lie in darkness that maybe we've been desensitized to? For me, um, one of the things, I'll just be honest, it's healthy choice fudge bars. <laughs> I took that picture last night in my freezer. So I, I had to move from, there, there were cookies and cream, uh, the, the Tillamook cookies and cream. It's like, you know, get behind me Satan and really bad on my cheat day and it's really bad for you. And so I switched to a healthier alternative. But how many of you know that if the words fudge bar are after the words healthy choice, it's probably not a healthy choice, right? But Pastor John, there are only 90 calories. I know. And nine times eight is, is 720 <laughs> because that's how many I ate. That's how many your pastor ate last Sunday. That's what's hidden in my freezer. Oh, man. It's fudge bars. Pray for me, man. But like, what's, what, what is it for you? Like, and, and let's get serious. Like, what, what is really hidden in darkness? Things that maybe we've been desensitized to. Maybe some, some of the music we listen to. I used to know this guy. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, Cindy. He's someone in the family who listened to insane, not our family, insane clown posse. And it's like dark stuff, man. Like, it, like I just being around it, it messed me up. Like, it just would give me this heaviness. Maybe, maybe what's hidden in dark are some movies. Like, for us, the Lipinski family, and listen, I'm not judging you if you have movie channels. If you feel like that's, you know, you, you, you have to discern for yourself. But, like, for us, I don't bring the movie channels in my house. Because although there's some good movies on there, there's always, you know, a little bait there, right? But there's some movies that I'm like, I don't want in my home. I don't want to watch them. I don't want my kids to watch them. And so for me, that's like things we, we try to, you know, just address and make sure we're not being desensitized to. You know, for our kids, let me just tell you, parents, unrestricted uh, access to internet is a great temptation for kids. And I would, I would encourage you to, uh, to guard the internet, be very protective, maybe have the computer in a center room when, when kids are on the internet. An unrestricted phone is, is a recipe for disaster, right? Now, people people laughed at us, but like with growing up, I tell the story, I've told it before, you know, we, we would uh, go by Victoria's Secrets and, you know, they have all their little pictures of the models out there and everything half naked. And, and so, that's, that's my pose right there. <laughs> Clearly, I am not a Victoria's Secrets model. But if this whole preaching thing doesn't work out, you're telling me there's a chance. No. <laughs> so, but so, they, you know, they, they're half naked, right? And, and, and here's the thing. People are like, dude, like, really? Come on. I mean, you, you're being, and you know what? You know how many people I've counseled? The number one thing when a guy comes into my office, which now I don't have an office, which is awesome. It's like Starbucks or wherever I go, right? We don't have a building yet. But whenever I meet with people, you know what the number one thing is with a guy? U- pornography, right? So, so don't tell me it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> so a little bit leads to a lot. Job, Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. Right, and he shunned evil. So I taught my kids how to shun evil. And so when they walk by, they'd be like turning like this. Now it looked kind of funny in the mall when all of our family like this, you know, <laughs> look like a bunch of wackos. But here's the thing like, I, want, I don't want him, my kids, my boys, to grow up and objectify a woman. I want him, them to know how to, to love and to treat and respect your wife or the woman of God that she is not a tool. Amen? So what are some other hidden things? Maybe tarot cards, maybe a Ouija board. What does the Bible say? Deuteronomy 18.10, do not practice divination. Divination is trying to divine the future, which of course is a complete farce because only God is omniscient, all knowing. Only God knows the future, so you're wasting your money. And the Bible says, stay away from that. That's dark stuff. And, and, and now, for the biggest part of the message that will offend many people, that's a pre-offense drink right there. <laughs> but I'm going to say it because God called me to say it. And, 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 and well, you know, I hope you say that after I preach it. <laughs> so I want to encourage you to reevaluate and look at Halloween. Okay? Oh, he's a legalist. Oh, he's beating us up with the Bible. You don't know me. You don't even know me if, if you think that. I'm as free as they come. I don't use the, the, the Bible to beat people up. I use it to to, to bring people in. And sometimes when God brings us in, he brings us in in a way that we don't always like. And so let me just tell you, the the Halloween, just research it for yourself, okay? You have access to intel. You have the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. If I'm off my rocker, if this is somehow wrong, God will say, he's a whack job, okay? But he might just say, you know what? He's right, Okay. Halloween, it's a pagan... I'm not going to go into a bunch of it, but there's pagan origins. It's, it's dark. It's a demonic um, holiday. Did you know that it's one of the highest uh, times of crime? And arson is one of the highest nights for that. Do you know that, um, that the occult actually has sacrifice, sacrifices on that day where they sacrifice children? Like, it's, it's dark. It's twisted, okay? And what I want to encourage you to do is we bought these books... And it says, Mommy, why don't we celebrate Halloween? Now, we, normally on the back, you see it's $9. We got them at a discount price. We're, we're giving them at our cost $3. There's, they're in the lobby. I would encourage you to pick up a copy and just read for yourself. You know, read it for yourself. See, what, see where the actual, the origins of that Halloween is. And, and I know what some people are going to say. Well, Pastor John, look, I get it. It's probably not good. The origins are bad. But, you know, I'm not, my kid's not dr- dressing up like a witch, right? She, she's dressing up like Cinderella, you know what, that's, that's like saying, you know what, I'm going to go to Satan's birthday party, but I'm not going to eat any cake and any ice cream. I'm not going to bring him a present. I'm just going to go to the party. So, so, so I mean, just, you know, let, let's... And listen, if, if the if the Word of God gets up in your business and wrecks you a little bit and and, and, and gets you a little frustrated a little bit, the, the, this was never meant to be convenient. This was meant, you know, the, the, this is active and alive, sharper than a two-edged sword, separating bone and and, and penetrating marrow. I mean, like, this is... So... What does the Bible say? 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Friends, it's kind of like a ship. A ship lives in the ocean, right? Like we live in the world. But if the ship gets too much water in the hull of that ship, if we get too much of the world in us, what happens? We sink. And so be careful. What does Paul say in Ephesians 4, 27? Do not give the devil a foothold. King James says, give no place to the devil. And I just wonder sometimes, are we giving place to the devil when we do some of these things? I'm so proud of my daughter, uh, Stella. So she's on the cheer team, right? And um, the cheer team's going to the, uh, what's it called? The fear farm. Now, listen, if you're going to the fear farm, no judgment you do what you feel led to do. But I was so proud of my daughter because she's like, Dad, I'm not going to the fear farm. And you know what? She might get made fun of. They might be like, seriously? Like, what's the big deal? You know? Well, maybe it's a, maybe it's a doorway. Maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe the devil just wants to get a foothold, which will lead to something else. Because if you get a foothold, then it can become a stronghold. And a stronghold can become spiritual strangulation. So Be careful. You know, people that I talk to that deal with pornography, it started with one innocent little look. And the devil, gotcha. And so what I want to encourage this church to do, and anyone under the sound of my voice, learn two words. Hell no. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to say that word in church today. Hell no. Learn to tell hell no, because in case you haven't noticed, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants you, he wants your marriage, he wants your family, he wants your finances, he wants your little kiddos. He's coming after. and, and here's the thing. We don't have to be afraid. I'm not afraid of the devil because greater is he that is in you, that's Jesus, than he that's in the world. So we know we, know we have authority. The demons shudder at the name of Jesus. It's just time we use that name. It's time we take back that authority, we access the intel that God has, and so learn to say, "Hell no, hell no, you're not taking my kids." Yes. Just say, it. "Hell no, yes. hell no, you're not taking my health." Yes. Now, what's the application of that, Pastor John? Well, I would say this: There's a lot of decisions you have to make with your health right now, if you know what I mean. Okay, and you make that decision as the Lord leads you. You don't you don't need to listen to a governor of New York who holds a Bible up and says, Jesus said that you should, do, no, 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 no. Okay. You go right to Jesus. You go, we can access the source. You know what I'm saying? You can go right to Jesus. You can go, go right to the Holy Spirit and say, you know what, Holy Spirit? Is this something I should do? And he might say, yes. He might say, no. But you let him tell you what to do for you. Amen? <laughs> Frank Zappa said, your mind is like a parachute. It only works if it's open. Amen? So, say, hell no. You're not, fighting. You're not, you're not taking my marriage. Yes. You know, you say, well, yeah, but there's strife and jealousy. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand because it gets kind of awkward, right? But like, if, if, if I asked you, is there strife or some sort of jealousy in your, neighbor, in your marriage? You'd probably say, yeah, there is. Well, you know what the Bible says about that in James 3.16? Where there's strife or jealousy, there's every evil work. Now, it's not because your marriage is so bad. It's because you're human and because the Satan is, wants to attack you. My point is, he's fighting for your marriage, Tell them, hell no, you're not getting my wife. Hell no, you're not getting my family. You're not getting my kids. You're not getting my health. And you're not getting my home. Remember I told you a few weeks ago we had to anoint the, the, the doorpost and just pray over our home because we just felt like we were under a spiritual attack. Fight for your home. Say, hell no, Satan. You have no access to my home. Pastors who are listening. I know we have pa- Pastors, I love you. This is not a time. To be politically correct. This is not a time to dance around and and, and give cush little messages about how much Jesus loves us. We're, we're thankful that God loves us. He does love us, but this is the time for the church to rise up. This is God, God, God believed enough in us, He let us live during this time. He could have picked anybody, and He's saying, I I chose you. I chose you because you'll rise up because you'll have some spiritual fortitude, some spiritual guts to rise up and to preach the uncompromising gospel, even when it hurts. And you know what? We fight for our country too. It's time we fight for our country. And you say, well, you know what? (laughs) There are people who say, you know what, Pastor John, I just don't wanna get involved. Well, you will get involved when they come to take this away. When they come to take your Bible, you'll get involved then. And how about we get involved on this side of it, where there's still time, where we fight for those things. You say, well, it'll never happen here. We ne-. Well, it happened in Canada. You guys heard Arthur Palowski got arrested for a second time. His offense, preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel. Don't tell me it can't happen here. It can if we allow it, but if we fight, if we say hell, no way, no, not in this nation. This nation belongs to Jesus. So we have access to that intel. Double vision gives us access to an army. Not just intel, but also now to an angelic army. Verse 16, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Someone needs to hear that today. And Elisha prayed, open, say open. Say it again, open. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. The Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The word open. In the original Hebrew language, it's paka. Say that, paka. There's something about saying the word of God in the original language in which it was written. This part of the Bible was written in Hebrew. The word from which we get open is paka, which means to open or, more appropriately, to unstop. Hmm. Think about that. Let that sink in. Unstop. It's though our eyes are a stoplight. And on the other side of that stoplight, God's trying to tell us something. He's trying to show us something. You know what lives on the other side of your stoplight? An army. An angelic army of God that you and I have access to. The problem is, many of us were stuck at the stoplight. Well, It's been red forever, God. God says, Pekah, open, unstop your eyes. But before we access the army, we have to access the armor. I need. I need a volunteer. Big Sean, come on, come on up here, buddy. So we're gonna. We're gonna. Before you. Yeah, you can give me a hand. We got Chuck Liddell all the way from L.A. So, all right. You know. You know that uh, Sean was an ex MMA fighter, right? All right. He, he really was. Um, and still could probably whip all of us in here, okay? So let's. So we're gonna bring the armor. You got the armor of God coming out? So Pastor Michael's bringing out the armor of God. And so in Ephesians 6, uh, verses what, 14 through 17, you can look at the armor of God yourself when you get home. But in case you don't know, there's six armaments here. And the first one is the helmet of salvation. Is that gonna fit on that big cranium? <laughs> that is one large melon. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's the helmet of salvation. Now, this one is the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the salvation, we know that nothing can, we believe, we, you don't lose your salvation, right? Nothing can snatch them out of my Father's hand, right? Jesus said. And so we, this is the helmet of salvation. This is the, um, the breastplate of righteousness, which is right living, just knowing that we're living right. And uh, is it going to fit? <laughs> A bigger breastplate. And uh, next we have the belt of truth. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna lie Did you get extra small? <laughs> 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 Oh, that is that is. There's nothing I can say that's going to be good right now. I'm just going to leave the belt of truth alone, okay? Because you can't lie when you're in the belt of truth, okay? That's the belt of truth. <laughs> and, and then we have the shield of faith, but we, we don't have a shield because, you know, it's going to be hard for the to box. But the shield of faith, even though it's invisible here, he's in his hand, pretend he has a shield of faith. And then he's got the uh, shoes fitted with the gospel of peace. And to represent the shoes fitted with the gospel of peace is this mouthpiece that we're going to put in there. <laughs> All right? And then, now these are all defensive weapons, okay? These are like to, to, to ward off the attacks. All except for the sword of the spirit. That's the only offensive weapon in the arsenal, in the armor of God, is, is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This represents the sword of the spirit, right? Because it's like a sword. And, and trust me, when he starts hitting a punching bag, he'll feel the sword, okay? And so, he's ready for battle. G- get, and now, remember, this isn't, this isn't a person, some of you, like, I know what you're thinking. You're, like, putting, like, a political figure's face on here. So, like, like, okay, like, listen. I hear you. I feel you. But, like, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? We wrestle, get, wrestle against a, a heaven in the heavenly realms, okay? So, it's a, it's a spiritual fight. So, you ready to go to battle? So, he's got, he's got all the armor of God on. Why don't you do a little, do a little work there, a little bag work. Oh! Oh! That doesn't feel like the gospel of peace. Oh, (laughs) you gotta hold it, nice, nice, see that's the battle right there, give him a hand, come on, nice job, buddy, woo, give him a hand, thanks, guys, all right, so, you, you don't want to meet him in a dark alley. So that's the armor of God. So before we access the army, we access the armor. And again, that's found in Ephesians 6, verses 14 through 7. So we put on the armor of God. But then once we get the armor and we're ready to fight, we got to access the army. Some people say, well, you know, I can't see my army. And, and, and you know what? If, if you're honest right now, I know it's, you're in church and you want to act like everything's perfect. But look, look, there are some people in here today that say, you know what? I feel like I'm in a battle. I feel like I'm in a fight. I've been looking for my army. I've been looking for my army. You're watching online and, and you're saying, you know, I don't see my army. I hear you. I feel you. But the army is there. Hebrews 11, 27. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. What do you do when you can't see your army? Do what Moses did. Keep going, right? Yeah, you p- pray, absolutely. But as you pray, and that, and that posture of praise, just keep going. Because God will reveal to you that army. He will unstop your eyes, and you'll see when it's time, when the prophet said, open his eyes, what happened? <laughs> Revelation. Wow. The army was there the whole time. I just couldn't see it. <laughs> it's like the, the, the before the seas parted for... for um, for Moses, what happened before the seas parted? Before the the angel sh- army showed up and whoop, part of the Red Sea, he looked back and guess what happened? There were 600 chariots, a real army, a real human army coming after him. So, here's my point: is sometimes we see our enemy before we see our army, but it doesn't mean the army's not there. It's just what we can see at that time. And I want to speak to those who are on the on the verge of quitting. Some of you are like, you know what? I just feel like I'm, I'm I'm ready to throw in the towel. And you know what's scarier than that is a lot of Christians who are here today and watching online. You quit and you didn't know it. You quit, but you didn't know it. Why? Because we we rationalize quitting as I'm a, I'm in a season of rest. And listen, there are times where we need to have a season of rest. Absolutely. But seven years is a long time, y'all. You must be really tired. And if every Christian took seven years of rest, you know, this would be, this would be a hard thing to do here. And I think, anybody, anybody remember the band uh, Twisted Sister? Remember? You know, what, what, what's their song? We're not gonna take it. We're not gonna take it. No, we ain't gonna take it. Big hair band, 80s, <laughs> hairspray. Don't, don't get too close to the lights, their hair will catch on fire. So I think if, if Christians had a favorite band, It wouldn't be twisted sister. It would be twisted scripture. Ooh. God spoke that to me this morning. I was like praying and he said twisted scripture because that's what my my church does sometimes. That's what I have. We've all done it, right? Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and sit on my butt and let everyone else do the work because surely they don't need me in kids ministry. I'm sure they have tons of volunteers, Right? And God's saying, you're part of the army. Don't quit on me. Don't don't you quit on me. And don't you rationalize and and ask me to co-sign on a loan that I've never approved. There is a call on your life, your gifts, and your calling, the Bible says, are irrevocable. God has a plan way beyond you coming to church and warming a seat. Okay? God has a plan for you. And some of you say, I don't know what that plan is. We can discover it together. Come see me afterwards and we'll get you plugged in, where you can serve and be a part of this this awesome army. Because here's what I wanna say, God won't steer a parked car. Jesus, take the wheel. (laughs) Start your stinking car, he says. Start your car. You've got a gift. You've got got something the church needs, man. Don't sit on your gift. (laughs) You have a calling. And when you step in that calling, you begin to serve in a way where you realize that it's like wow god shows up in a mighty way i'm asking you to join the army not because we need more workers or i mean yeah i guess we i guess it helps right we do need more but that's not the point the point is it enables you to begin to live the life god's called you to live as opposed to settling for a clear path to a lesser goal we are that army join the army we're part of that. army. you know what? I want to tell you, October 24th, really quickly, we're going to uh, have our third birthday. We're going to be in Mark, uh, was it Mark Coronado Park, eight acre park, eight acre field? Uh, I don't know if you have a picture, but um, it's over there, right across from where the, right beside where the Royals and the um, Texas Rangers play. It's that field by the by the pool. Thank you. Appreciate it. Can I buy a vowel? Um, <laughs> Vanna White. No, but... Um, Yeah, it's over by the pool. And you know, it's an awesome time. It's it's our third birthday, but we're not going there because it's our third birthday. We're going there because we want other people to celebrate a spiritual birthday. On Mother's Day, we went out and 19 people uh, came to Christ and we had 18 baptisms that day. Amen. So if you come on the the 24th, if you come here, we're not going to be here. We're going to be out being the church. We're going to take the church on the road. Amen? And listen, we need, we need help. So what, we, what I want you to do is I want you to stop at the connect, or the, I'm sorry, the serve counter, and uh, sign up for two things. You can sign up for, um, to serve on that day on October 24th. A lot of different ministries. We got. We're going to have all the inflatable toys and all the stuff that are attractional. Why? Because we want people who don't know Jesus to come, and if it takes bouncies or hot dogs, free food, which we're given, great, praise God but we wanna tell the message of Jesus, right? To help people find and follow Jesus. And so on o- October 16th, we're gonna go canvas the neighborhoods. We have thousands of flyers we're gonna hand out. I need 150 volunteers. I need 100. I got one right there. <laughs> Angela, is that you? Angela's ready. So I need 149, 148, 47, 40. okay? You so 150 people, let's get off our blessed assurances and go out there and sign up. I figured, why not? I've already offended you. (laughs) And sign up. And and, and here's the thing. Where's the picture of that Michaela? Should we have that picture? Can you go back to Michaela? Yeah, that girl. Okay, she knows Jesus Christ today. Why? Because someone handed a flyer. And because that flyer was taken ( ->) to to her house, she came that day, accepted Jesus Christ that day, raised her little sweet little hand, and got baptized. All because someone handed out a flyer. So I need 150 people to do that and I need others to sign up to serve at October 24th event. It's going to be an awesome time of coming together. And, and one last point before I close this message because there's one little piece of uh, one little nugget that you got to you got to get and that is this. Double Vision gives us access to authority. So we have we have our army. We have our intel now we have authority. Look look at verse 18. The enemy came down toward him. Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike the army with blindness. With blindness. What would you have prayed in that moment? Your enemy who wants to kill you is right there. And then you have this angel army that can take them out. What might your prayer or my prayer be? I tell you what I'd pray. God's not blindness. Strike them with irritable bowel syndrome (laughs) maybe syphilis or maybe a nine foot tapeworm or death but blindness blindness there's something God wants us to know today we gotta get back to the word I'm almost done don't worry so instead of instead of giving him they take him they lead him back to Samaria so they're in the Israelite fortified city they got him And instead of giving them the guillotine, they gave him golden corral. (laughs) They gave him a feast. They gave him a feast, y'all. Their enemy, they gave a feast. And what God spoke to me is that the point of double vision is not so that we can kill our enemy, but rather the point of double vision is, is so that we can kill the conflict. Someone needs to hear that today. You're, you're in conflict with another human being. It might be someone in your family. It might be someone that's estranged from you, someone who hurt you in the past, or it might be the person sitting right next to you. But there's a conflict that God is calling you to kill. See, because we, we, want, we want to punch that punching bag, right? And we want it to be a person. But God's saying today, that punching bag, it's your baggage my baggage that I've carried, that conflict with that person, you know who that person is, that you've carried for so long, God's saying, why are you wrestling against flesh and blood? Elisha, he could have snapped his fingers, he could have prayed, God, kill them all. And instead, he said, God, kill the conflict. Matthew Henry said, the most glorious victory over our enemy is to turn him into a friend. What conflict is God calling you to kill today? Family, marital, maybe it's a church conflict. Maybe it's a political conflict. Maybe it's a, a conflict with our past. God wants his church to be battle ready. He sent me to tell you that he wants to make us battle ready. But to do that, friends, we have to access intel. We have to use our double vision and access the truth that only comes from the Spirit. We have to access our army. We have to first put on that armor of God and then realize we've got an angelic army as well as the army called the church. We have brothers and sisters that are doing life together. You're not alone because I'm your brother. I got your back. And when I'm looking this way, you got my back. That's the church. We access the intel. Amen. Amen. That's why we need each other. That's why I love y'all who are watching online and some of you have a reason because you're geographically removed. Some of you are physically sick. I get that. But for the rest of you, you need to come to the army, you know? And if if not this church, a church because we're better together. And there's something about being in the presence of God. We access the intel. We access the army. And we access the authority. The authority. Authority not to kill each other, not to kill a person but to kill a conflict because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. To do that, friends, we have to develop this vision. We have to develop the ability to see what is seen, but moreover, to look at what is unseen, to perceive that which cannot be seen with human eyes. To be battle ready, God is telling us today, you need, I need, double vision let's pray Lord thank you for this church what a privilege it is to preach the word of God on this stage I'm not worthy I have no right to do it apart from your grace God thank you for this family that we call the gathering as imperfect as we are God we are made righteous through you we can put on that breastplate of righteousness because of your imputed righteousness to us because of what you did because of who you are and because of the battle that you already won Lord, we stand victorious because of your victory today. Help us to see with double vision, God. Help us see beyond what others see, beyond what our human eyes, the limitations of our our pupil, God. Help us see beyond that into the real world, the world that will go on and on and on. Help us see on into eternity and help us learn how to fight the good fight of faith. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you don't know Jesus, You can know him by simply making him your Lord, praying this prayer. If you you want to know Jesus, just say, Jesus, I need you. Say, I need you, Jesus, in my life. You died for me, I believe that. And you rose again from the dead. And because of your victory, and because of my belief in you, I'm free. I'm free to, to live. I'm free to have eternal life. And through you, Jesus, You've given me double vision. Thank you, Jesus, for this. Your sacrifice and for what you are doing and what you have done in my life. I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate people coming to Christ. Come on. If you made that decision, stop at our Connect counter. We have a free gift for you. And if you're watching online, let us know. Put that in the chat or reach out to us at connectagatheringchurch.org. Listen, before you go... If you, uh, if you need prayer, we have the family of God right here. Our pastors and our prayer team, we're here. We want to pray with you. Don't leave without receiving prayer. God works mightily through humble prayers. And before you leave, one last thing. On the way out, make sure you either pick up a copy of that book. Encourage you to examine that for yourself. See what the Lord speaks to you on the Halloween thing. I trust you, no judgment, but just, just examine that for yourself. And then also on the way out, make sure you sign up October 16th. to to hand out flyers in October 24th to serve as many people. I can guarantee you through the spirit and the confidence I have through the spirit that many people will come to Jesus Christ on that day because of the faithfulness of the believers that call this church their home. Amen? God bless you guys. Have a great week and go fight the good fight.